Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. to the Wiseman say preview show um it's a review show tonight as well um as we reflect on yesterday's defeat to Huddersfield Town uh I'm joined uh by Stephen Goldsmith hello Stephen good evening are you all right oh, you okay? hell, yeah oh, it wasn't for the football league eh? um, <laughs> did you enjoy your tea you were saying you just had yes tea. I did actually yes it was very nice and tell everyone what you had. Wife did a very nice job of that. I had a, a, a beef stir fry because being oh, nice. probably we used to often have stir fries. Never had one for the edges, so we'll oh well, nice discussing that. Good, good, nice, good. I haven't had any tea yet, um, so thanks for listening. And <laughs> uh, no. um, well, might as well just get straight into it. Really, I think last night was there's no two ways about it. It's awful, really. <clears throat> Shock, absolutely shocking, like absolutely ninging. It was, um, and the worst thing about it was they possibly don't know what you think the worst team we've played at home this season. Yeah, I thought they were, I thought they were bad. I thought Watford were quite poor, but Watford had more about them technically than they did. At times, it was like the performance Sheffield Wednesday put against us at that place. Yeah, 10 men buying the ball weren't even trying to pass it to each other at times. They were just, let's just float the ball into the far corner and mm-hmm. regroup and get our shape back. And it was just like, you think like, can't, go, all... can't go on. Surely, surely they can't no. play like this for 90 minutes and get something out of the game. But for all, you know, <laughs> they didn't struggle to do it. They were They were relatively... Solid, I thought, you know, defensively wise. I thought, like, we just, it, it was, you know, they weren't very good, but arguably the the perfect away performance from them, really. Oh, no, I shots. mean, you know, that that's the they just did what they had to do and just managed the game. And, they, you know, like, what they're going to do, come and open up and get the arses. Well, kicked, so, yeah, exactly. Like, can't yeah, no, fault it's for that, no, right? no, no, no sort of criticism on their part. That's just like an observation, really, that there was so, so. Oh, it, oh, but it's, it, and it's more frustration on our team that we we couldn't find a way to get past that because that's that's the worst we've played certainly at home this season. Um, yeah, and I know we're going to go on about it, but I just think I just think yeah, everything was a knock-on effect from the decision to play a sailor at right back. I, I I've I, I I just sat there and I couldn't. You know when something just 
you're getting your being in the butter, your butter about something and you just can't let it go. It was just yeah. me all game because I couldn't stop watching. I was watching him, I think, more than anybody else. And no, again, this is not like a criticism of him. We're not. I'm not mm. going to start slagging him off. He is not a fullback. He shouldn't have been asked to play a fullback. So it's like asking a centre-forward to play there. You're not going to have a go at them if they don't play well. But it's like, <clears throat> I even point out to one of the lads next to us, and he was like, after about five minutes, he was like, I wish I hadn't pointed that out to me because yeah. I can't ha- I can't help looking at it now. But it was like, when the ball was going down the right-hand side and every time Roberts or um, Mayenda or somebody would get it, and he was the obvious outlet, he was the obvious ball to play, he didn't want it and they didn't want to give him it. So yeah. they had to then turn around and look for another opportunity. That allowed Huddersfield to get back and get the shape more. He didn't have the natural understanding of how to even overlap Roberts. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like he, you know, we, we give him a chance and put him on the outside and let, let's see if he didn't cross the ball. He didn't, he didn't have the positional awareness to even do that. And I'm just scratching my head trying to think why a decision was made in the first place because you've got, in the same back four that started, you've got two competent right-backs in that back four already. Mm-hmm. 50% <laughs> of that back four can play right-back. You've got two of them, 50% of that back four, back four can play left back. Only yeah. t- two of them, though, can only play centre-half. Mm-hmm. So just the basic maths would guide you and say, hmm. It's like, I know you love a Simpsons reference on the preview. So it's do you true. know, like, um, when Homer and Moore are planning that insurance scam and, <laughs> and, and Moore gets the car to represent the car and he gets the <laughs> olive to represent Homer yeah. and Homer <laughs> eats the olive. And That's goes, a great mm, reference. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets more, gets all confused, and he's like, "Oh well, now the car will have to be you, and this <laughs> yeah. will have to be the." And it's all. It was like that. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, for whatever I... reasons, Huggins, who was on the bench, and we understand that, like, it's it was it was advice from the medical team to to mm. maybe not start him. Right, fine. So play Hume, who's a right back there, mm. or play or nine, who, in my opinion, is a better right back than a better than a centre half. Mm. Play him there. What on earth? Uh, like, everything you've said there, I said it, it, last night at the match, I was sat watching it, and I was getting equally as irate about it, because I was just... So, like, if you're insistent on playing 9 like, I'd, I, I said to my dad, I was like, there's no one in the stadium now, other than quite clearly Tony Mowbray, who can look at this and go, it makes sense for me to do that, yes. I've made the right decision there. Because... <laughs> Everything was stunted, as you've said, down the right-hand side. He, I fell for him, really, because he, he just looked... Well, he looked awful because he was just so far out of his depth playing in that position. And he must have been thinking, I could just play there. Yeah, and we I'd, just swap there. And I'd be absolutely <laughs> fine. And I think, like, even if he started him there, for whatever reason, he might have done that. After 20 minutes, just like... This isn't what this obviously isn't working. Just swap. It, it was a decision that I've. I'm loath to, you know, I, I don't like digging the manager because I like Mowbray and I, you know, if the, the job he's done has been been largely great. But some of his decisions in recent weeks, I, I'm just thinking, what, what what are you doing there? Why are you doing this? The only thing I could, because I, I was thinking about this and I thought. Perhaps, you know, like uh, another discussion point about Hume when he sort of, he drifts into the middle of the park now. Yeah. So all I can think of is that they're thinking, well, when Hume drifts into the middle of the park, the remainder, the remaining three 
defenders. Former back three. Back, former back three. Uh, but the shape when we had the ball didn't suggest that because he was constantly where a right back should have been when we had the ball. Yeah. And he just, but he just stopped short of making the overlap run. And it was just, it seemed to be down to positional awareness to me. And like I say, when he did get the ball, it was literally a five yard pass to whoever was the closest to or him. Or he put it did, out well a few times, he yeah. put it out of play. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't have anything else and he's not going to do it. And it's like, I know it seems like we're digging one player out for a, a performance. No, we're not digging him out though. Like, it's just well, digging yeah. out like, the yeah, I'm just trying to make that the... clear. Yeah. It was more the decision to play him there mm. rather than having a go at him. Because you, you can't, you, for all people, you know, for all, yeah, he had a poor game. He did. You can't judge him on that performance because it's, he's, you know, he's not, he's barely played. And he, I think he's played once at centre half alongside another guy who'd never played at all. And now you start, all right, I'm in the team, but I'm playing at right back. And the way we play with fullbacks is the very attacking fullbacks. So he's not going to get a lot of protection off the winger either. So I just, I, it was just, honestly, I, I could just go on, but I th- well, you just if anyone least, can understand that, then yeah, please. Yeah, at least when we came out in the second half, you thought, surely you'll, you'll change <laughs> that now. You did, you, there must be a reason for the all this thing. I go back like a couple of old references now. I'm going back, I remember when Peter Reid was manager, and that's how old I'm going. I think we were playing it. Because I'd never seen a reaction from a crowd like this before. And we were Bolton and we were up in the upper tier in the Reebok Stadium. And it was when Bolton had a decent team. And um, mm. I think we won the game. I think Pair France had missed a penalty for them. And anyway, Julio Arga was playing centre midfield. This was way before he was used as a midfielder. He was signed as a left back. He got put on the left wing a lot. Yeah. And he was playing centre midfield. And Gavin McCann was playing left wing. And um, who was just the least more suitable midfielder to play on the wing. <laughs> and it was like nil-nil for ages. And, and midway through the second half, you just saw Archer and McCann suddenly switch positions and go to the more natural position. And the whole sudden end stood up and started clapping and cheering. <laughs> I'd never seen a reaction or a tactical change like it because like everybody could see like, what you're doing? Like, this is not working. I don't, I don't know what you're thinking about here. There yeah, must have been a you... reason for it. There must have been sort of discussion, you know. You don't. They didn't just suddenly like halfway through the game thing. Are we the wrong player? Should we? Should we switch? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Did he, did he mean me? <laughs> it's mad. I remember um, on Arger as well. I remember Mick McCarthy dropping him once at Stoke and played. And I can't remember who it was. I might have to look a little annoyed. He played young, some young defender, left back, and he got absolutely rinsed. And we got beat three one. And at the end of the game, he got asked about, it and he was like, "Oh, my thought was Stoke like playing a diag." And he's bigger and stronger than Julio is, so I thought he would be there to deal with him. You think you're overthinking it? You're overthinking it to play yeah. your left back, play your Arger at the time, best yeah. left back in the division, comfortably play him there instead of this like yeah. novice centre half left back. It's just mad. I'm gonna. Have to all, managers, all managers are guilty of it at times, you know. Like we can find out who that was if you want, but I think like Guardiola did at the Champions League final. Like, I'm just going to play no central midfielders like, <laughs> against against the midfield. You know, just, just I think it was Kante in the midfield for Chelsea, who was just like overrunning them. And it was like all managers are guilty of it, but I think for for all the good work Mowbray does, I think sometimes like you're just trying to be too clever for your own good. But I don't even think I don't even get why he might think that that was clever to play him there last night. I just 
That doesn't make any sense, but and then like the midfield situation, like you've got Eckward in play and for all he's been out of form, I think we've discussed this today, and like <laughs> he has to play because there's no yeah, one else at least, to play at least, there. He, at least he wants the ball, is what you would and say. And he's a physic he's also against a team like Huddersfield, he is a physical presence in the middle and Dan Neil then has to kind of be that. He has to drop, he has to it meant he had a put. I think, to be honest, they all they were all awful last night. Every, every one of them was rubbish. Um, I don't think it was. I thought like Oshish did okay, but I don't think he was anything groundbreaking. And I think Mayenda did all right. He gets in certainly at least some positions, which might suggest that he's at some point capable of playing up front. And then to take him off and bring Hamir on, who just to me looks so far out with his depth, it's frightening. Um, doesn't even really know where to stand. And then just sort of moves out the way when the ball comes to him. Um, kind of missed Rusin, I thought. Not that he's been world-class, but I, he's got a bit of experience and a bit of nous and a bit of know-how. I think that he's kind of been... He's poor against Plymouth, but I don't know if maybe he was injured prior to going off, so... Mm. Um, did you find out who that was? Because yeah. I've done yeah, so no, you have very well. What I would say is I agree on it because I think what we've what we said I think after the uh, Spain Birmingham game, I think Equa didn't play very well, and we were saying it happens. But at least he doesn't have, he wants the ball still, and we yeah. could have really used that last night because he could have had a stinker for half an hour uh, or sixty minutes. But then could have raked one know, in the top corner, you know. Yeah, at least you know he's just going to ask for the ball still because we did start to get a bit desperate at the end. And I know sometimes the crowd don't help with that; they were starting to get a bit agitated. It's probably the most frustrated I've seen a crowd since we've been back in the championship, to be honest. And um, and and sometimes it does force the players to go along because in desperation, fans ask for yeah. that. And sometimes the players do need to be a bit calm and level-headed and say, no, we keep doing what we do as a team and, and something and an opening will come. And I feel like Ekwell would have done that. I, I, I feel like Dan Nail looks lost without him. He does because he's, because he's in midfield and he's on. Like, you've got mm. no, like, you, there's no other natural replacement for him. And Job, he needs to, he has to come out of the team. I don't care if there's a thing where he can't or whatever it might be. Yeah. But uh, he has to because he's, take the Birmingham game out, he's been... Awful, yeah. you know, in, in in spells and average best for the last six weeks, really, or, or longer. He's a kid and he can't, he's played every single game. Just take him out of the team. Like he needs, he has to come out of the team. So, well, yeah, no, I, I don't disagree, and we'll get on that when we look at ahead. Um, I found that team. So, Arga did play, but he didn't play at the back. So, I've looked at the game before as well for reference. We won against Crystal Palace, and he's changed the back four, and he's took Arga out of the back four. Right. And he's given a debut. Right. Who was this? Craig hmm. James. Wow, right, yeah. Can you remember that name? Yeah, he went to Hibernian, I think. Did he? Yeah, click on him. I've just clicked on him there, yeah. Uh... I just, he's just got his son. Just got his Sunderland stats. Two oh, appearances. Yeah, well, <laughs> one of them he was substituted. That was his Do debut. Remember, his I remember he got yeah. he got he had an absolute stinker. And I think um, it's got here Daryl Russell scored too. And I think he might have been. I think he might have been like the winger who was up against him from memory. And then it went uh, to Hibs on loan. Yeah, went to Hibs on loan, and then Darlington on loan, and then. 
Port Vale, yeah. uh, Darlington, York, Livingston, Barrow, and finished his career at Huddersfield Town. He's 41 now. Well, it brings it back to Huddersfield. Not Huddersfield Town, Harrogate Town. Oh, Harrogate. Okay. <laughs> Huddersfield oh, on well. the brain. Yeah, well, uh, well, you know, at least he's had some sort of uh, career, like a lot of these kids. Yeah, again, it wasn't aimed at him. You know, no, sure it was, no, it wasn't. The he was a fine player, you know, but it was just like change a winning team to like overthink a situation and it backfired. And it was just, I don't know, like that wasn't the only thing, but I just think, you know, and there were other decisions as well. Like we would have the power of hindsight to say, so like Ashish, I think, deserved a start. Yeah, I agree. Didn't quite work for him. Didn't really, you know, he was okay, but he didn't, it didn't. At the minute, you would look at that performance and say, I think he's coming off better, coming off the bench at the moment. But, like, you can understand why that was tried because people were calling for it and he's looked yeah. okay. Um, my end of the same, as you say, he's looked like he's got something about him in comparison to some of the other centre forwards. I think he probably offers the most. I, think, I like Rusin. Not, not, not the quickest. No, he's not as quick as he. He kind of looks like when he's running, he is like he looks like strong and like he's good, but he's, he, his pace isn't. Electric. No, he hasn't got a burst. He doesn't have a team have a burst of it, like from a standing position. No, um, but neat and tidy on the ball and look comfortable. And but again, they, these players should be getting phased in. And we said this about Hamia, who's possibly the Sharks might have jumped with that one. But like at the start of the season, we were saying the same thing. You need to be giving them substitute appearances. You need to be playing them in certain cups and stuff. Yeah. And it's just, it's just. Oh, and I've seen a lot of like. The narrative switch back now to, um, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Um, it's not even a centre-forward issue anymore. Like, we had 30 shots on goal last night. Yeah. And, like, this this whole thing about where we're not creating chances for the fo- centre-forwards score goals in bad teams, good centre-forwards. Jermaine Defoe yeah. scored goals in the David Moyes Sunderland. <laughs> like, it, it, they have an understanding of where to be and where to stand. Roberts and Clark put the ball into the box a lot mm-hmm. of times in the course of a game, and we don't have somebody who knows to just sniff out where the ball is going to fall. There was a couple like, of times last night the ball went across the face, and you like a striker's there. Like a striker, a striker puts that. In. An average Championship striker puts that away. Yeah, like you look at someone I don't know from the early, like from the two thousand. Rob Hulse puts that away. Well, like, look at Huddersfield's second goal. Like, um, what shambolic, it, 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 shambolic on from Sunderland's part, and uh, between all nine and Hume, and uh, Hume, absolutely just bewildering defending, to be honest. But their awesome. striker has sniffed it out and yeah. finished. Do you know what I mean? And that is, yeah, that is a sign of what a, a striker can do. I, I'm not sure we had anyone on the pitch last night who would have been able to do that, and um. Just again, back to like strikers making their own look at times, just the ability to just pin your defender back and roll them and shoot. This is stuff that, like, this is stuff that we need a centre forward to be able to do when, you, when you're playing a team that we are being I, I agree. To be I, in I, I, I agree. And it's, it's becoming, well, it's becoming embarrassing now that the whole stat of we haven't had a striker score since I think April. Um, and even that was Gellard, and he's not really a striker as such. Um, I think, like, I, d- I just want to touch on before we um, take a break, like the Pritchard situation. I, I think the fact that he can't get in the team of one ahead of an eighteen-year-old job who's clearly just bang out of form and looks leggy and tired, and but he can't get on ahead of 
Bradley Dack, and you're like, I mean, when he came on last night, but you know, Plymouth he made five substitutions. Mowbray bringing Dack on, like I'm sorry, but I'd play him. I think should we take a break and we we'll do it because we'll talk about the Millwall. Cause I, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I, well, I, think we, yeah. I think we're gonna we'll start with that because I think we're on the same page with that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah, well, uh, we'll be back in, in a minute. <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, welcome back to Wiseman's podcast. Um, just before the break, we were discussing Alex Pritchard and the situation surrounding him. So we're just going to go straight back in and uh, continue to do that. So obviously we'll play Millwall on Saturday and we were just agreeing that he should play in that game. Yeah, there you go. Preview done. No, <laughs> um, like, no, I, I, I look. I agree. I, I did something um, with um, Liam from Eurotales Pod the, the other day, and he was asking me about um, about Joe Bellingham, and I was being, you know, praising him a lot and saying stuff. We've we've been really behind him, and I think he's got a really good future. And I think he's, Has, a really good, absolutely. he's got a really good player. Um, and I was saying to him, you know, he's clearly. We are speculating when we say, is there something in his contract that suggests he has to play? But it's hard not to conclude that, to be honest, because as you've said, it's like it's clear as the nose on anybody's face that he needs a rest and he needs well, to is. the team for, for a little and bit. And he's been, you know, he's, he's showed a lot of promise. He's scored some important goals. He's scored a couple of good goals. He's had a couple of, you know, he's had some really nice touches. He's had some good games. He's had games where he's ran, you know, the show in, in parts. But in the last, you know, a month, couple of months, he's just looked just not fit. And even, you know, if there's a if there's a thing to say he has to play when he's fit, well, he's not really fit to play because he's, like, either burnt out or just bang out of form. And if you've, if we've signed him on a basis where he has to play, then it's ludicrous, to be honest. Um, but I, I think, like... On the opposite side, is there something, I know we've seen this before with um, Pantillamon and famously Emerson's home, is there, a, um, is there a thing with Pritchard where, I don't know, where he has to start a certain number of games before he triggers something or is it like a, a wage thing or, or is it just that, like... That's, that's the, the thing all people always question when something like this happens, isn't it? I know yeah, because obviously he's coming off the bench and he, yeah. he did come off and, the bench and, last and, night. And, we, and we've acknowledged many times day before, I think he's an excellent sub to have Pritchard. He is. He's, not, no, he he's is. not even been doing that as much, has he? And I think I think it's got to a point now where we need 
to change something because we've gone a bit stale and and he does bring that intensity and and gets us up the field and I, I, I agree I, I, I think somebody would have to I, I think somebody would struggle to talk me into saying that um, Pritchard shouldn't be starting ahead of Bellingham next game in that number 10 role I, I agree and I think you know if he's not going to play Pritchard I think he needs to look at doing something and either bringing Roberts into there or um, putting uh, Oshish there and playing Bellingham and Ekwar or Bars maybe just, do a start to be Bar, fair yeah brightish when he came on um, Bars running stretches the, he's, he's good at stretching that position defence he's really good against Southampton why he did that put him on the wing and put Roberts in the Possibly. middle maybe. and just well in the change you need to change yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. yeah no, I wouldn't. Well, like, I wouldn't even, be. Opposed, I wouldn't be opposed to that one. No, definitely not. But he needs to freshen it up up there, definitely. And what do we think play. about? What do we think about <laughs> centre forward position? The situation, right? And we'll see. Meander like looks like he's got something about him. But I think out of all the ones available, we looked a better team when Burstall played, in my opinion. Yeah, well, we certainly had the best results, and yeah. I think like. I uh, think he I would... occupied defenders well. So that was when Clark went on his little. Purple patch as well, mm. scoring goals because Burstow, yeah. yes, he wasn't scoring, but he was good at dragging defenders out and creating space One for Clark. Penalties. Yeah, like Clark was, he was smothered. Penalties nice with me, a nice player. Sorry, no, he was. No, I think yeah, yeah. no, no. Sorry, I, uh, I think the <laughs> in that car then. Um, I think um, you could, of course, play ball. You could put two of them up there. Possibly, because yeah, three at the back maybe. He needs to do something. He needs to try something needs to change because it's not yeah. working. And, and, and the things that he's changing are just ludicrous things. Like I know there's an element of you know advocating him to change it again, which is fine. And there's no, but something has to go for it. Yeah, and I, and I, you know a lot of it might depend on Hug, the in um, Huggins situation if he's fit to play, and then and then you think. Him and Hume would be the two fullbacks, but um, um, I think Ekwa needs to come back in the team, and I think uh, Pritchard or Bar needs to come in the team, and arguably Burstall needs to come in the team for me. They're they're the kind of I'm not one for like just you know saying the solution is making wholesale changes, but I kind of think like he needs to change that drastically from the weekend, as much as anything to make a statement to the to the team that that wasn't an acceptable performance. By any means, no. And he's a, he's he's kind of loyal, isn't he, Mowbray? And you think I was pleasantly surprised at that as well. I think just it has to change. Something has to give. Millwall are not good at all at all. Um, Lost four and five. Yeah, and they're just not a great side by the looks of things. But I don't know. I just worry now because we've got it's it's for all in very good. It's not a nice place to go, is it? And I think. Like, we did well last season to stand up to them. They were a better side than they are now, I think. Um, yeah. We did well, though, you know, to, to get the point and um, withstand their general bombardment, to be honest. Um, but, I don't know, so you don't... We, we need a win, really, and say we don't, then you've got Bristol City away... Oh no! Sorry, we've got West Brom at home, Leeds at home, and then Bristol City. Mm-hmm. You think, well, it's not a kind run of fixtures that. 
and even Hull Boxing Day, you're thinking, yeah. I know Rotherham in between, but, you know, you could all get a result on Saturday and all of a sudden you're like, mm, where's this going to, where's this run going to end? Because, but, all, you know, on the upside, you win, you go seventh. Mm. You know. Yeah, and I think they, they are they are going through a bit of transition at the minute on the new manager, who's not Gary Rowood, very different by all accounts. And I think that's Who is why. it? Uh, I looked at this. Oh, one. is it just like some man? I think he's right. come from Chelsea's coaching stuff. Ah, uh, okay. I did see his name earlier, but I can't remember what it was. I'm, um, not, I'm, I'm not that bothered. Like he's it. come from uh, Chelsea's coaching stuff. So again, I think he's tried to... Like, Rowett was very known for like work hard, direct, dirty sort of... Yeah, sport, he's a loser. Like like team. Um, and that's kind of like what they're trying to get away from, trying to be more progressive. And I think they won the first game of Sheffield Wednesday and got a bit carried away oh, well um, without factoring that everybody beat Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. and, Above uh, Leicester. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really weird. And, Leicester um, not beating them last night was a, an interesting uh, one. Yeah. Um, so, and then they've lost the two or three games since, I believe. So, um, it is a good time, I think, just... No, it's... Like I say, it might, might sound like we're saying, oh, make all changes for the same, but it's kind of like going back to what you know a little bit. Just play fullbacks, play Echo and Neil in the middle of the park, maybe even put Burstow back in. We had a good run of form when that group of players were playing. Just go back to it. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree about putting him back in. Yeah, I think I know he hasn't scored, but I think when he came on against was it Birmingham, he was really unlucky to put that one yeah. wide. And yeah, I think, I don't know. I, it, lots need to change. Uh, I wouldn't be averse to wholesale changes to be honest the change in shape um, be interesting because plus... the pressure's really on him if he loses like you say it, oh, if he no, loses even, even game, not even I... factoring on even not even factoring that of the run of fixes just generally just where we are now to get at this we've point. not been good have we like take away the the Norwich like fairly abject Norwich side we played well against Birmingham um, I didn't see the Swansea game but we were awful at Plymouth largely. I know, like, it was one of them where nothing went for us, but we just didn't really... Plymouth are not a good side either, and to lose 2-0 to them was really disappointing. And we had, at the other end of them, sort of that three unbeaten run, we had, you know, some quite poor performances. We did okay at Leicester, um, but we lost. Um, and we're just losing. It's just been a strange city in flashes. We've looked great. But the flashes are becoming less frequent and uh, we need a bit of consistency and I think everyone would probably take a 1-0 on Saturday. Um, and, and dare say a bit of experience and a bit of gear, a bit of it's quite a board, head you know, yeah. amongst, amongst the chaos of times, which we know, yeah. we've said thousands of times. Well, we have. Um, we have. Um, is can I mention, I want yes, to mention um, the uh, whole city ticket fiasco. Um, oh yeah, yeah, sure. I've been, I've been asked, yeah, yeah. And I've been, I've been asked to mention that. You know, you know, I don't know how true this is, but I, no reason to disbelieve that. Um, so basically, to just, just outline what happened to everybody, basically the club clearly stayed on their um, phase information when you're going to buy a ticket. A phase one will be this amount of points, phase two, this amount of yeah. points. Phase three is where the disclaimer comes in to say um, you are not guaranteed a ticket yeah, at this yeah, stage yeah. Because, because it opens basic up. maths to work it yeah. out how many you need and how so, many might be So what they do is work out and say they make sure that everybody in phase one who is like, mm-hmm. whether it's 50 points above, is mm-hmm. guaranteed a ticket because those people have been going decades, haven't missed a way yeah. match in years or whatever. Um, and yeah. On the face of it, it looks like they just somebody made a strange decision just to say, let's go straight at 20 points to a yeah. game 
on Boxing Day to yeah. a team in the north of England. Yeah, um, with an allocation I mean, of 2,000. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact it was sold out in, in minutes is, is not surprising, but it means that there are a lot of unhappy um, supporters. And uh, this message that I got, so apparently, new ticket office manager, don't know if that's true, but whatever, somebody has made a decision apparently against, I must say, experienced staff members who work in the ticket office, against their advice to go to a data-driven system and have held firm on this. And the data has indicated because Swansea didn't sell out on a similar allocation, (laughs) that Hull might not sell out and they should go 20 points. Has they were this, advised has, they were advised not to do it, but they did it anyway. So then this, we sorry, know that <laughs> I'm just saying so now we know that you know this has been communicating fans and it, hundreds of fans you know some people I I've been told people who haven't missed a get on away game in decades, not even yeah. exaggerating. Well, decades. Yeah. Have so there's two things. Them. So I've got I've got two things to raise on the back of this. Has this person <laughs> ever looked at a map? And, you know, and looked at Swansea, you know, which is in Wales, which is miles away. On that weekend, I believe there were train strikes. Um, and even if there weren't, it takes about seven hours to get to Swansea on the train from the northeast of England. Um, Hull is about two hours away in the car, probably two and a half hours, whatever. It's a nice, and easy it's a, one. It's a bank holiday. Day when everyone's <laughs> off, most people are off, you know. And also, when they're putting the tickets on sale, why do they go on sale at like half past two on a Tuesday afternoon? When, you know, the majority of people are at work. If they're going to do that, fine. But you need to advertise that, you know, maybe three days before, this is when they're going to go on sale. You wouldn't see, like, I don't know. I know know things go on sale on weekdays. But you wouldn't be like, oh, um, Oasis have announced their comeback tour. Tickets go on sale at quarter past three on Wednesday afternoon. Um because that would just be stupid, wouldn't it? Mm. And, and I think they did, like they would give you loads and loads of warning, like you say, yeah. pre-sales, and there would be yeah. all sorts. And I just think like there are a lot of things that you know the club have improved on, and you know that to do better. But the ticketing situation, for whatever reason and whatever they do, they cannot do. They are hopeless at selling tickets. The whole thing at the beginning of the season proved just how, frankly, inept the communication is. They don't even announce the tickets are going on sale for stuff half the time. You just find out, oh, they're on sale now. Like The first I found out about was when they tweeted to say it was sold out. Yeah, it was I good. Mean, I mean, how tone deaf was that? How, like bragging about it as well. And <laughs> yeah. saying, like, of course it was going to sell out. <laughs> it, like, it's a whole on Boxing Day. Boxing Day, unless we play, well, every, if we, a Sun and away game on Boxing Day is going to sell out, isn't it? Yeah. Like most teams sell you're out getting, on You're getting over 3,000 tickets and it would sell out? It's. It's staggering that, you know, they they just seem really quite determined to just fuck everything up all the time. And it's like, I know it might seem, you're probably thinking, well, this is a bit of an overreaction because of an away game. But it's not just that, is it? You remember that crew cup game at the start of the season when it was in the the digital system kind of shut off at midnight and didn't auto automatically release more seats. So the first round of the League Cup game against crew was shown as sold out for a number of hours where people couldn't buy a ticket for. 
it's, 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 it's not good enough, to be honest. Just, you need to just be, they just need to be careful that they're not, they don't get in the territory where they just take fans for granted. And we've spoke about this before. And it's just well, Newcastle are it's, doing it's, it. It's, it's such a disregard to those fans to say, "Well, I don't care as long we we'll, we'll sell out, and that's all we care." It's such disregard to go again, especially again, like fair play to those people who work on the ticket office who apparently were really trying to make their opinions known on this. Um, because well, hopefully the message gets just, to that person. Cause... But it's it's bloody data again, is it? Bloody speaking all over again. Speaking like... in charge, is it? Is he the man? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just think, Trust like, the data. Stop trusting the data too much, man. Using Swansea as a benchmark for a game against Hull for geographical reasons is just the work of a moron. So, like, you know, if that is true, then it's. I'm sorry, but that needs to that needs to stop because that's just not a benchmark for. It's just it's just common sense because, like, we all use data now. Like, I use data in my like. Nine to five job now, where you know, yeah. like pl- planned events, you look for hotspots, you look for previous attendances, and yeah, but well, the you data don't, needs to you be don't just, yeah, and you don't always just rely on it. You actually dig deep when something flags up, and you say, yeah, but what were the factors into that? What was behind that? What was behind that low turnout? What was behind that high turnout? Yeah. And you factor in those things. Man, so just... oh, we're not going to put more trains on from Newcastle to London because the Aberdeen to Inverness line doesn't sell very well. <laughs> yeah. It's just like if you're going to use this stuff, you need to use relevant data and you need to use, you know, and just the system works like, right, the, the loyalty system is the one thing in the, ticket, in the ticketing system that works. Leave it alone. It's the fairest way to do it. Leave it alone. Because well, you're going to piss everybody off. And you probably have. It's, but... Hopefully it's lesson learned and this person over it doesn't double down on it. And, uh, and um, you know, they were just, they were very ill-advised in trying to make an impression and trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. Middle management. Um, do you, uh, are we going to win? Um, I think we are going to draw 1-1. One, one. I agree. Um, well, that's it then. Yeah. Nice and easy. Um, someone might be back on Saturday. I presume you'll be back uh, with Gareth on Monday. Yes, I'll be watching the match this weekend. So yeah, and uh, I probably won't be back next week because I'm away. So someone else will probably have to do this. Um, and um, that's it. Update uh, the group chat and uh, let people know. Well, they'll have to listen <laughs> to this. So, like, you know. uh, unfortunately, they'll have to find out at the end of this podcast. <laughs> Um, but now that's all from us. I hope you've enjoyed. I hope it's been quite uh, what's the word cathartic? Is that right? You know, yeah. a nice rant. Um, and uh, if you go into Hull, enjoy it <laughs> in four weeks' time. <laughs> Thanks for listening.